So, like, Henry Bowers is back, and he's fat, and his friend Don is back, and he's dead, which is, I was like, yeah, at least they're friends. Like, two shitty people can find yeah. friendship anywhere, and they found it, all right? Henry is in a psych ward, <laughs> staring out the window, looking very psycho. And he sees the balloon, the it, the Pennywise balloon. He's like, so happy about it, too. He's, like, laughing. Like, I, uh, working in mental health, um, I, uh, there was a split moment when I saw a patient laughing, staring at a wall, and I was like, God damn. Damn it, Pennywise is here. I remember seeing that loud and like a nurse didn't get the joke. And I was like, oh, your favorite movie's Legally Blonde. <laughs> Bend and snap. Also a good movie. Not going to lie, that's actually a decent movie. And so, just a, the caveat back. So we go to Richie and he's in the, he's in the, movie, the, uh, the movie theater, Sussex Arcade. And, uh, well, Eddie, before that though, Henry, super funny, um, basically has it bust him out. The balloon uh, is going outside the windows, and he's like, walks in his room, and it was following him through the windows, and he's like, ooh, and then it was gone, and then he notices the balloon under his bed, pulls it out, and there's his friend back from the dead. As a zombie. <laughs> As a zombie. And when he busts out, his uh, zombie friend is driving the car, which is pretty funny. I just thought that was funny too. I'm like, yeah, I, I did appreciate that about the movie. Like, it was just goofy enough. We're like, yeah, you know what? Let's go with they this. They went for the goofy laugh in this movie and they rarely hit it, which was the only disappointing part. I feel like that part they hit it though. Like, when his dead friend was driving a car, yeah. I'm like, how many times did you get your best friend to drive? <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? Like, they went for goofy comedy mm-hmm. for a lot of it. Like, even like the troll scary yeah. thing. Like, that's just goofy. Oh, yeah, in a, in a deleted scene, he's the one that he killed his friends. He killed Don and the other guy. But that they don't show that in the movie. It's in a deleted scene. I only know that just because I found it on YouTube when I was working overnight one night. And uh, Alright, so they're at the arcade. And Richie's in there and he's playing with someone. Like he's getting along with this guy. And like this kid's super cool with him too. And then Richie comes in and just starts throwing homophobic slurs. And we realize it's a I mean Eddie comes in and starts throwing homophobic slurs and we realize that's Eddie's cousin. And Eddie's cousin agrees with him and he runs out and his his totem, his I mean his memory was the coin. And he runs out and he goes to the park and he sees Pennywise on top of like the lumberjack statue. Everything freezes and Pennywise floats up in the air and like scares him. Floats down with the balloon. Yeah. And uh, is this where he reveals that Richie's gay? Like, or he is closeted? I got that sense as well. I was going to bring that up. I mean, it seemed like there was, I didn't specify, I think, enough, but it hinted. Like, it's either it's like in, at him in, being closed. And if he was gay, like I feel like we're at a time where like it's okay to be open about it. But I don't know, maybe like he's not married, shows no interest towards Beverly, and that's his uh su- like super upsetting scene, like yeah. where he's traumatized the most. Yeah. So it makes me pretty if, sure, but not absolutely positive. Yeah, I don't. Know, I think in the book it hints more towards more that he actually is, but. Yeah, movies are movies, and I think that the next one is um, uh, it's Ben, and Ben goes back to school. Or is it Ben or is it Bill? I'm trying to remember which one. Ben goes back to school. Yeah, no, is it Ben goes back or is it yeah? Ben goes back to school. And he hides in the locker. So Ben, yeah, Ben goes back to school, hides in a locker. He's in the classroom first, and um, he sees Beverly, and Beverly like her uh, starts like saying the poem that he wrote for her years ago. And her hair catches on fire because a part of the poem was your hair is red like fire. And she literally catches on fire and starts calling him a fat boy. And uh, he just dips out and runs and hides in a locker. 
And just to establish, it uses their imagination against them, so there'll be times where it or Pennywise isn't present, but like, I don't know, it's like some peyote or something, or ayahuasca, they're just tripping out seeing the scariest things to them. Yeah, and that part was, uh, it was kind of cool, like, they use, like, his memories against him, but, like, <laughs> just, how many things, how many, how much of this town is abandoned and not torn down and turned into a Walmart? Like, these small towns are being taken over by corporate America, I'm like, man, this town, this would have been a Walmart back in Kansas City by now. I mean, it's dairy, they're uh, very anti-conglomerate yeah. and dairy. The, the anti-conglomerate. Sure I'll tell you what. And so the next one is, um, is it, I'm trying to think it's, oh, it's my, it's Mike. Cause the last one is Ben. I mean, Bill. So Mike has a flashback to being a young kid and reading about his parents dying. What, I'm trying to remember what, what was it? I'm trying to remember what his memory was. But Mike sees and like he reads a newspaper article and says two crackheads kill, like or died in a fire, and like we don't really hear a lot about how his parents died. We know they died, but it's kind of hints to the fact that they were probably addicted to drugs and maybe something happened, or maybe that just it could be hinting towards just the town of Derry how being racist. Evil they are, yeah, racist, homophobic. Like where Derry is a very different town. It's not just Pennywise, it's the people that live there kind of get infected by it, and that's maybe why they forget about their lives in Derry, the farther they get. A lot of people think in the Stephen King, like in the Pennywise universe, that like, kids disappear randomly, like, it's like how Pennywise possesses the people to not realize these kids are gone, because we see Ben does a ton of research and realizes there's tons of people disappearing, and everyone's ignoring it. It's like, Everyone got. It's like everyone was Jeffrey Epstein. We just forget that he existed or died, and you know. It's that's that's how they want us to think. <laughs> Pennywise actually got Jeffrey get Epstein. Flagged by some shadow government for even bringing it up. There goes our podcast. We don't lives. have any information. Don't we, come at us. We, we don't know anything about celebrities or the government. We're the black book. <laughs> yeah. So the next one is Bill, and uh, Bill is Bill goes buys his bike. And from like, the shop owner was Stephen King, actually. Yeah. That he bought the bike from. And I was like, man, that bike sucks. First off, why would you want to buy it? But it's like nostalgic, I guess. No, but it's super funny, too, because Bill notices Stephen King uh, has his book Look. on the counter that he's reading. Yeah. He's like, hey, you want me to sign it for you? He's like, no, the ending sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what his wife said. If you notice, like a lot of Stephen King's stories, he, he uses writers as like his protagonist for a lot of his series. And so he's biking through the neighborhood that he grew up in, and he sees the uh, storm, dr- the the drain that his brother disappeared in. And Pennywise is like, "Oh, you can come back." And he's like, "Nope, nope, no." And he sees a little boy, and he's like, "Do not go there." Do you hear the voices? And the little boy's like, "Yeah, I do," because I hear him from my drain. Yeah, because little kids can see it; adults can't see it. Like we saw in the first movie, where the kids saw the blood, but the parent, but Beverly's dad didn't. So. It preys on children, which is terrifying because we got to protect children at all costs because they're our future. And <laughs> turn around. And so, like, the little kid can see it, and he, like, literally was like, tell your parents, say something, move out of the sun as fast as possible. The kid's terrified, which, like, which I would expect. Like, what are you going to do when an adult male is, like, literally yelling at you saying, leave this town? And so... Well, and it gives Bill... Uh, it kind of entrenched his... 
thought and that we need to end this because he's getting the flashbacks of his brother. He's like, this does not need to happen to other people. Yeah, so okay, and Bill, Bill's memory was the boat that his brother lost. Which is like, damn. Memories. That's memories, man. And uh, it's like our Vikings helmet, you know. It's like... And so we... Uh, it goes to them at the fair because he realized Pennywise is probably going to be at the fair. Or how did they end up? How did they end up at the fair again? No, they were all going to meet at the library because Mike has a little penthouse up there. Yeah. And then they're like, "Where's Bill?" Yeah. And because um Eddie gets stabbed, like they are they're back at the hotel like getting ready or something or grabbing stuff, and Eddie um is in the shower and gets stabbed. I mean um. Yeah, by Henry. Yeah. By uh, Bowers, gets stabbed by him, and then stabs him back, and he jumps out a window, which is insane because Pennywise, uh, Bowers, Henry Bowers is possessed by Pennywise, so he can take all this damage, which I thought was cool. Oh, that's what we forgot. Eddie goes back to the pharmacy, oh. and he sees like um the like the farm the aged up pharmacist's daughter. She never left the town. And still, exactly how she was. <laughs> just rude. And he goes under the basement and sees his mom being tortured. Pennywise appears and um, gets like covered in a bunch of goo and just runs out. And the only – and I think the uh, – the, I think in the first film in the book, it confirms like the pharmacist does know, like, know about it or is possessed by it. And so he shows him running out of there and runs back to the hotel. And he gets stabbed and they all realize they need to go and find Bill. And Bill goes and chases this kid to save him from being killed. Yeah, before we get into that, though, when they're all back at the hotel after Bauer, the Bowers incident, um, Beverly are, says something about how they're going to die. Yeah. Because um, Richie is done with it, and so is Eddie. Yeah. Again, and she's like, I know how you're going to die. Yeah. She's like, I've seen it before with the suicide, and... Like, this is the only way we can stop that. Yeah. And so, they all go to the the fair. Bill chases the little boy throughout the the mirror room. And I've never honestly been in actually one of those. Like, I've seen that a lot this year in movies. We saw it in Us. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I remember when I was a kid getting stuck in a maze. And it's a little... Like, it's like a little tense. Like, oh man, how long am I going to be stuck in here for? And cool fact, a lot of people don't think that kid actually was killed. A lot of people think, theorize it, that kid was just a figment of Bill's imagination to get him in there so he, so it can kill Bill. But they don't, it just doesn't occur. And um, they find Bill. Um, they end up at the library. And Mike is, uh, Mike kills uh, Henry Bowers by stabbing him with a tomahawk. And they realize they need to go down to the sewers and go fight it. So they go back to the Nel- the, the Nelbolt house to kill it alone. Oh, no. Bill was there at first, and then everyone else heads over there because they realize the Losers Club needs to go down there because they said they were going to kill it together years ago because uh, – oh, Richie was the one that called. So they all head over there, and they realize, like, and first off, the house is trash, and they go through the same things. And Eddie gets scared. Because Eddie's a scaredy cat. Eddie gets spooked when um, the uh, zombie head of Stanley comes out, much like the thing from uh, Stephen Carpenter's The Thing. And he gets scared trying to kill it. But I think it was, uh, who was it? Ben or Beverly come in and kill it when it's attacking one of them? It's Ben. Yeah, it's Ben. 
And so, like, he realized Richie's still, I mean, um, Eddie's still scared. And um, they, they, they give him a lot of flack for that. And so they keep moving on, like, frights happen. And they end up down in the cavern. And they go down the, the, the manhole down into where the Indian tribe <coughs> try to stop it. And they, like, have this battle where they burn all their um, memories in, like, the little tome that they show. And... It doesn't work. And Richie asked uh, Mike what happened. And Mike pretty much said, oh, the Indians failed. So hypothetically, they're doomed at this point. Like there's no way to stop it. They're doomed to die. And they keep fighting with it. And they realize in order to destroy it, they have to make it small. Like they have to think and make it small. And that's how they'll kill it. And so you see Richie, like all of them find different ways to fight it. Like Richie... Starts making fun of it and like yelling at it, and somehow it's actually working until like Richie gets knocked out, and um, they all crawl into a cavern. Eddie's Eddie's mortally wounded. They crawl into the cavern to make it it small. It doesn't work, and they they realize if you have, if you think of it small, it will make it small, and so they eventually fight it like that and kill it as like the spider it form. And honestly, I will respect this compared to the mini series. That was released a long time ago. This version of that final fight was a lot better because the original version of the of the fight was more comical. Like it's like they were finding like a little looked like the thing that was a Power Rangers. Like a Power Rangers monster. Just also cheesy. So they fight it, they make it small. And I thought this is weird. Like the, it turned out it looked like a little kid and they just rip its heart out. And I was like, that's just that's the one part like actually made me like creeped out. Like Pro choice. Yeah. <laughs> Heck those kids, man. Heck them. And so they rip out its heart and kill it. And that's like the only way to kill it. And uh, they go and they try to talk to Eddie. And like Richie is trying to save Eddie. And Beverly's like, that's how he dies. Which is kind of true. Because she, she can see the future. And so they just leave him down there. Just ignore the fact that he had a wife. And how are they going to explain <laughs> this when they get back on the surface? So they get up there on the surface or whatever. And they all go they, – they wash up on shore. And when they do that, they just have a hard time finding the glasses. Isn't, isn't this where they uh, – no, they like – they goof off for one last time. And they promise like, you know, even though we get older, we will still be friends. And this shows them walking through town. And they look at like the movie theater, some store. And they look in the reflection. They see a reflection of themselves when they were younger. And the two people that didn't make it up, on that didn't survive this whole entire, entire ordeal. And then, um, did he read a note written by Stanley explaining why he didn't do it? Why he didn't show up? Because it required, again, pretty much they read a note saying... Yeah, and it doesn't give too much, but you said you wanted to get into that hard. Well, and the, it brings up, like, the note brings up how in fact, like... He only way for us to defeat it is if we're all there together, and I I can't do that. So he he sacrifices himself to prevent it from happening, and Richie also died because he Eddie. I mean Eddie died trying to fight it and gave up his life because he you know in in the very end he was brave enough to die to protect his friends and Stanley. I don't have like it sucks that he had to kill himself, but. Maybe in Stephen King's universe is the only way to explain he why. He wasn't able to fight. He was the biggest of the cowards, they said. Yeah. But he cared enough about his friends to do that. And like in the book, 
it goes through like him, how much he loved his wife. And all the and, and the book and like the older miniseries, it brings up like a lot more of like the kids growing up and getting older and getting married and like how how god awful Beverly's husband is. And it just like shows them in the future just like how they turned out. Beverly ends up with Ben, which that was great, you know. The good guy gets the girl. Richie's still Richie. Um Bill is like finally making a good like finally finishing like starting finishing up a good ending. And he calls up Mike and Mike's like, you know what, I'm going down to Florida where I belong. And I just thought was that was cool, you know, it's like a good understanding of like know who your friends are and it's a it's a happy go go lucky movie. Cool. And it's on a good note, the good guy wins and the bad guy loses. Fantastic. Yeah, and the least likable characters die. Yeah, I was like, oh great. Like this is such a it, it, it's a cliche ending. In my opinion, yeah, I don't know if you agree with that. Just, I'm like, oh, can like can like they all die? Like, like, why is this so stinking happy? Like, one horror movie that I like that's not like that good, but like doesn't have a good like it doesn't have a happy good luck ending. The Cabin in the Woods, which is, I don't know if you ever saw that. It's, it's not a great horror movie, but it's funny and just catastrophic. I feel like they, they did like the Cabin in the Woods is a perfect example. Like, I think they like there was everything was on the nose. About it being funny, but also being scary at the same time. But just wasn't happy at the end. And I felt like that it was just extremely happy. Maybe they're trying to send a positive message. Like, you know, remember your friends are. I'm like, yeah. Like, like the people I've recorded this podcast with, they're some of my closest friends. But I don't need a movie to remind that with me constantly. Like, Us didn't remind us of that. And Us was underground just as well. I think movies are all trying to go underground. And it's kind of frustrating. Like, can we be above ground? Yeah. In midsummer. Midsummer was a good example of a movie that like made you uncomfortable and scared you, but it was extremely well lit. It was outside and during the day. But that's not it's not a horror movie. But still, do you, was there parts of Midsummer that actually generally kind of creeped you out or scared you when you watched it compared to it, Chapter Two? Yeah, not really scaring, and it really didn't scare at all either. Um, I don't think I jumped once the entire time, and if I I don't like horror movies, so if I go. I kind of like to get jumped. I don't love it enough to love horror movies, but I don't get upset when I jump. I actually think it's funny. But I just thought it was really, or it was really so far where Midsommar was like, made you think, definitely made you feel uncomfortable. And just the shots were so amazing. I think for me, I like less of horror movies. I like, ooh, jump scare. I like movies that generally make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And that was Midsommar. Yeah. Like, that was a movie that, like... And that's why thrillers will always trump horror movies to me. There's very few... Hor- There's honestly very few true horror movies that actually scared me. And all of them were written, like, made in, like, the early 90s or... Like, like Rosemary's Baby. Um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre actually did scare me when I was a little kid. I know it scared you. Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street to me is just cheesy now. Um, oh, Darkness Falls was scary as a child. Yeah, <laughs> when you're losing teeth and it's about the tooth fairy coming to murder you. Um, zombie movies scare me a lot. Like Don, like the original Don of the Dead when I saw it, like both remakes of it. Yeah. And then zombie movies essentially just got horrible post Walking Dead universe. So this movie for me missed the comedy and missed it on like the thriller horror. It just missed it. Area. It just missed. Can I do a slap? Can I get my slaps? Yeah, you can do your slaps. Three slaps out of ten. Four. I'm going to give it five slaps out of ten. Like, 
the the cinematography the, the cinematography was good, the casting was good. Like I enjoyed all these actors. It just felt like with like we talked about with Bill Hader's character. I'm like, I feel like he was like they were forcing him to try so hard to be funny and all the time. And everyone's character was so shallow. Yeah, because like I've seen uh, Jessica Chastain. So Jessica Chastain is actually in a few other movies. Like one of them is called Mama, and I feel like. She the horror in that was better than this one, but that also had a happy go lucky ending. What I thought was stupid, then Mama wasn't that great of a movie. But I feel like Jessica Chastain did better in that when it came to horror. In this one, like her acting was good in this one, but as like a horror actress, she just isn't there. Like my favorite Jessica Chastain role probably is Zero Dark Thirty, and yeah. and uh, Bill James McAvoy is an amazing actor. Like, I can't think of someone that. Could literally play 27 people in one movie. He did the stuttering well. Yeah, he really did the stuttering well. Um, Mike, uh, Chosen Jacobs, he's decent. He's, I think, pretty sure he's in The Leftovers. He had a nice character arc. It wasn't a well thought out or like deep or moving character arc, but it was trending good. Yeah, like and I would say, but like the best character arc in the story is either for sure Jessica or Ben. I think their their character arcs are both the best because like they combine both. Yeah, their, their arcs are intertwined. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Other than that, cha- it chapter two was alright. It's not that great of a movie. It's just a remake of the second or if first watch- one, but more annoying and uh, just equally as badly predictable. Yeah. Because it ends basically like the first one. Yeah, it just sounds like that. So is it really dead, though? Like, if they killed it like that, isn't that, like, the same thing as how they killed him in the first one? I think, like, they didn't make it ambiguous enough for, like, oh, it is dead. Like, I feel like in some horror movies, like, it shows, like, it's not truly dead. And I feel like, um... The lights... I think in the book, they say... Like, the book makes it a little bit ambiguous. So, like, it's not, like, the dead light... The dead, the dead lights will always be there in the universe, but it's just... Really hard to figure. I'm not Stephen King. And honestly, this show isn't like my favorite Stephen King movie, like I said. And like my other top. It's more you like Pet Cemetery than this. Oh, but they're. Okay, this is better than Pet Cemetery, hands down. I will say this Pet Cemetery was just. <laughs> Pet Cemetery was hard to watch, bro. And I just was annoyed throughout the entire making of Pet Cemetery. The thing is, they made Pet Cemetery like three different times, and none of them have been that amazing. And that's why, like, when it comes to Stephen King movies. My favorite Stephen King movies aren't even horror movies. It's like Stand By Me, Shawshank Redemption, and The Green Mile are like movie dramas. Like The Green Mile is a good movie. Tom Hanks is amazing. Tom Hanks and anything. Yeah, that's true. Tom Hanks and everything is just good. The Stand. Who's the, who's the African-American guy that died in oh, the yeah. one? Big one. He's like old version of Terry Crews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. I like all his movies. He was in. Yeah, like or he was in Armageddon with yeah. um, Bruce Willis and uh, Ben Affleck. It just it just didn't hit the mark for me. And they're making another. They're they're making three Stephen King's remakes. Well, sequel. One of them's a sequel, and it's Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining. And either in the upcoming weeks, we're gonna do an episode about um, The Shining, and then we're gonna do an episode about Doctor Sleep. So keep your eyes out for that. And uh, if you ever want to be in an episode, get in contact with us and see what we can work out, write reviews out. So Mike goes back with uh, Bill. They go back to his place and he – We're out of here. Yeah, they, like, yeah, they all dip up. But uh, Bill and uh, – let's see. Bill and Mike go back and 
Bill is drugged by, by Mike, and Mike goes through the sequence of when he talks about what, he, how he met with the Native Americans because he shows them, like, the totem or whatever about the tribe, and they go through the idea of how oh, this is how we're going to fight it and this is how we're going to defeat it. And it just goes through the whole history, which I thought was cool because there, there's an entire – it's called the Macroverse, and there's an entire universe within, like, the Stephen King novels – and, like, a lot of them are connected. Like, The Shining is loosely connected to it through, like, a brief comment they make in the movie about, like, how one character that works at the hotel visited the town. But, like, when it came to that, it really brought up, like, how it got there. It is an interdimensional being that crashed here on Earth thousands of years, millions of years ago. And, um... It takes form. It takes our biggest fears. Like, for them, it was, like, the, like a thing of Metal Eagle. Like, a Metal Zapdos, in my opinion. And... It just brings up that and it brings up how it, people have been trying to kill it for thousands of years, like millions of years, like the Native Americans tried. But Mike doesn't reveal that they failed in killing it till later on in the movie, till Richie figures it out. And I thought that was cool. They could brief bringing up like the macroverse. I wish they would have brought up the turtle because in the Stephen King universe, the universe was started by a turtle that got sick and vomited out the universe. So we're essentially vomit. And... So they go through that and essentially all the group has like all these like odd things that happen to them and they try to They're looking for an artifact. So yeah. in the ceremony Mike tells them about, they need to find an artifact basically from their past to go burn in a cauldron, basically, or pot and have some ceremony that will destroy it. Oh, so yeah. they're trying to find their artifacts, and each one of them has one, so they have to go back to their grounds, and Mike starts it by going for uh, well, they start spaces. They go to the clubhouse. Yeah, they go to the clubhouse, which I thought was cool because they, br- they bring up the clubhouse in the book, but don't bring it up, and like, you, you don't see it till it too, which I don't know, maybe, I don't think it was necessary in the chapter one. It just would have been cool to see it. And they find just uh, again the problem with movies. They didn't have the time to fit it in. It's so hard to please book readers. AKA I listen to an audible, so hopefully someday I can get an audible sponsorship and listen to books for free. But so they the first the first uh, me- uh, memento they found is Stanley's, which was the spider caps. Which um did they did they see did they have Stanley's vision or yeah so. The nicer parts of the movie is they have the flashbacks to help keep up with the pacing. So they have the flashbacks of why they had the shower caps. Yeah, and the flashbacks to them being in the in the base, like in the clubhouse, and like we wear the shower caps to keep the spiders away. And only one that doesn't that denies wearing the spider uh, spider cap is Richie because he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he's making fun. Like he just makes fun of everything then in the first one, and he keeps it up. It's more acceptable. From the kid hearing it and like, I don't know, the Finn Wolfhard, whatever his last oh, name. Yeah, Wolfhard. Um, I mean, I really liked him in It Chapter 1, but it's hard hearing like the same type of role on an adult. Yes. Yeah. Kid can pass off, alright, kids are annoying, but an adult, I was just like, oh, please stop with the shallow jokes. It's just like when you hear that, I just think of like, an, like every, if, you, if, you, if you're old enough to attend a party where people consume adult beverages, there's always that one guy that tries to be overtly funny. And it's just, a, I'm pretty sure you can test like You've seen it before and it's just Oops. kind of obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, it's just, 
when it's from an adult, it's different. A kid's acceptable. An adult just kind of gets old. Cringy. It's like, I don't know. And I think I'm a difficult test for this because, like, Deadpool, like, little easy one-liners, little stupid jokes that don't mean anything. Like, I hated Deadpool. And, like, I hate that type of comedy. I don't think it's that funny. I agree. I didn't, I didn't like Deadpool. It was because, like... I'm a comic fan. Like, I was like, oh, Deadpool's like... When it comes... It's really weird. Like, when it comes to, like, goofy things, like, I'm really into goofy stuff. Like, Mac and a test. I'm into some... Like, I'm a huge fan of Adult Swim. And, like, that kind of just weird, dark humor slash abstract comedy. Like, there's things in Adult Swim that, like, I'm a fan of that, like, I don't know why I think they're funny because it's not funny. I mean, it goes down to the Family Guy versus South Park debate. And if you think Family Guy's funnier, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong honestly yeah, yeah, yeah I'll agree with that too like I'm a huge South Park fan but at the end I think it's just like we all had older we both had older brothers that were into more adult themed things like and we both I, don't, I know I have a dark sense of humor you have like a more mature sense of humor I don't think necessarily I have a dark sense of humor as well yeah we both had dark sense of humor and I find different things funny like when it comes to like weird off one liners like oh cool Deadpool you're cool creative I just didn't think it was that. And when it came to Richie, that's what I felt like. I don't get that's what I felt like when it came to that. And it just like was kind of annoying. But the thing is, um, Richie as a kid is super funny. Richie as an adult, I'm like, what's that? Because like the thing is like we're both athletics coaches. What's well, yeah? And so like I I when I listen to the kids talk and crack jokes on each other, they're not like fully mature to like make. They're still witty, but so goofy because like like. It's, it's Christian school, too. It's like, these kids don't... Like, I don't know, I know my soccer... Like, the team I coach, the kids don't cuss. And it's funny, because they say, like, heck you, man. Or, like, some goofy term to avoid cussing. And they just, like, bring up the weirdest things to make fun of people about. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you'll hear under their breath a couple times in the spirit of competition. Yeah. But it's not excessive for a while. And I feel like with this, it could have been excessive, so... They move on to I think the next person was Beverly and Beverly's one Beverly's memory was by far the creepiest one. Yeah, I mean she also had the, the most strenuous childhood upbringing out of any of the kids. When you think about it, yeah, that's true. All these other kids seem to have like pretty normal family lives, like relatively like they all like their yeah. lives are pretty normal. And it shows it going into their future lives when it lets you in onto what their lives are like now. Like she's an abusive marriage. In an abusive marriage and she lived in an abusive household. So just kind of shows how the tendencies follow people. Yeah. Um, and so you see her, she goes back to her apartment. It's, it's, it's like moved in, like someone else is living there. And like, she didn't even realize her dad died. Or maybe her, she knew and she just forgot because it was in dairy. True. And she goes in there, and, like, this old lady, Miss Kirsch, is in there, and just, like, says, come in, and so, like, she goes off and says, let me get you some tea or water or whatever, and, um, like, while she's looking around the house, she sees Billy Skarsgård as, um, the character, whatever it was, as, like, a, uh, as Pennywise, and sees, like, the pictures of them from, like, the past when he was a clown or whatever, and then she goes and finds her memory, and it was the poem that... Um, Ben's character wrote to her yeah, years she ago. Yeah, didn't think it was Ben. Yeah. She thought it was Billy. Yeah. Which, you know... Because Ben, like, it's weird. Like, this day, Ben has always loved Be- Beverly, you know? Which is kind of amazing. But he still loves her after many years, and 
she's married. So she like finds it and then she goes to the kitchen. Like the lady's like, oh, I cooked you cookies or whatever. And she, uh, when she like, like <coughs> she um, leans over and you see her uh, bosom where she stabbed her. Like, well, no, I think it was where um, where I'm trying to think of who stabbed. It's where Eddie stabbed her the first time in the first movie when Eddie stabs her, stabs Pennywise. That's the scar from that. And then she goes to the kitchen for something else and she's like butt naked and then tries to attack her and she comes out as like a troll. A, tr- a troll. And like, oh man, I'm so scared. Jump scared. Like, I feel like they had jump scare in this movie and I wasn't scared. I was like, oh man, this is. It was really obvious in the jump scare. So I was like, oh no. Did you agree with that? Like, they just try to scare you and you're like, oh. Yeah, the troll though, I was. I was more disgusted. I was confused by the troll. I was like, this is not even... Like, they could have made this so much scarier by, like, how she morphs. But you turn her into a troll? Really? Yeah, like, I want to see a troll. I want to watch Shrek. Let's watch Trolls. <laughs> trolls the movie. <laughs> trolls 2. Coming out soon. And so... Review coming. Yeah. That happens. And so we just... It goes on to that. And I think the next character is Richie. And Richie goes back to the old movie theater slash arcade, which, I don't know, man. I wish we kind of had arcade growing up, but then again, we had Xboxes yeah, and Xbox we Live. that generation. We were a little too, a little too young. We, we did play. I do remember in grade school, we did play against each other in um, Call of Duty when Call of Duty was oh, yeah. big. I, when, I had, when I had Xbox Live for a split moment, now I have it live now. And he goes back to the arcade, and um, is this like we're like... He's playing video games with someone, and it's uh, the bully's cousin, or whatever. What's, I'm trying to remember what, what, what's the bully's name or whatever, but he's the one that killed his dad and ends up in jail. Oh, that's a, here's a side note. So the, the bully that stabbed his dad um, wakes he, – like, he, like, it shows a flashback of him coming out of the sewers, and th- his dad was a sheriff's deputy, and the head sheriff arrests him, and it shows him breaking out of uh, jail because Pennywise is back. And so, like, there's a lot of these, like, random... And his partner in crime from back in the day. That was funny. That was I awesome. thought that was cool. Like, he's still hanging out with his friends. Like, what was his name? What's the bully's name? I'm trying to remember. Uh... What up, everyone? It's Rowdy Reviews. Rudy with my co-host. Hello, I'm Matt. And I still don't know why you're out of breath every single time. Why you been so busy? Why, why the break, Rudy? I've been... I, uh, I moved out of my house into my... Par- I have new roommates. They came my mom and dad. You moved? Explain. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, nothing is more stronger than a f- 4'11 Guatemalan mother trying to move her son out of her, like, out of the house that he used to live in. Back into her home. Yeah. You know what? It's just cultural, man. Foreign moms, my mom doesn't understand it. She's like, you don't have kids, you're not married, why you moved out? It, it's, it, if, if you have foreign parents, I think you will, you'll understand. But enough about <coughs> personalized. We're gonna talk about it chapter two, and um, it chapter two is a continuation of it chapter one. It's a lot of people find a clown. Honestly, it was all right. I wasn't blown away. This wasn't my favorite Stephen King movie. Was a year like out of all out of all the Stephen King movies, this honestly isn't up there in my top five. No, I I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan, but like this. Re- the second chapter two, which is really just a remake of them growing up, is just, I don't know, it fell flat for me. It was, like, I didn't feel like it was a waste of time, but, like, I wasn't, like, blown away. Like, my, I opened up, my favorite Stephen King movies are The Shining, Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, The Stand, 
and probably 1408. Yeah, Shawshank and Green Mile to me are the top two there. Like I'm not as big on The Shining as you, but I understand it's a cultural. Honestly, like The Shining is an amazing movie, but it's also I think people it can be overrated. I think people read it like don't read into it enough. They just like see the the carpet or the two twins and that's it. They don't. It's overrated in a sense where like I I do think it's a masterpiece, but um when we when we get to the Shining episode, we'll get more into it. But I think sometimes it's overrated in some ways. So we'll yeah. have to mix the Shining with the new remake thing they're doing. That's the plan. Me and Kyle are going to make an episode about that. Nice. So keep it heads up for that. So back to it, chapter two. It opens up in Deary, Maine. You see two uh, men on a date together and then two homophobic youths attack them. Yeah, and so the two guys are gay, which is fine, and they get harassed. They get harassed. One of them gets thrown over a bridge and uh, is saved by Pennywise and then... Um, his partner goes down to try to save him, and then witnesses uh, Pennywise kill him, which I was like, God, that's pretty bad. Actually, the very first thing we see is uh, is Beverly being lifted up by the deadlights, whatever, like whatever you see, like standing up and like her eyes are rolled behind her head. You see her looking at the deadlights. That's the first thing you see, and then it moves she on. Plays a role. Yeah. Later on, it 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 plays a role. So you see that. Um, when they're in the Pennywise appears and then My- Mike overhears it over the radio because Mike never left the town. Sad story. You know, you got to get out of your hometown at least once or twice in your life. Uh, he sees it over the radio and then um, you see a montage of him calling everyone. Uh, like Beverly is in an abusive relationship. Um, Bill's a big hotshot writer. Yeah. And they hate his endings. Oh yeah, he's married. His he's in an unhappy marriage. Uh, Richie Trozier is a comedian, who honestly, I will say this. Bill Hader did a really good role of playing Richie. Yeah, so we should establish that. Um, like the actors were good. It just like the story just I didn't think pushed it enough to where like good actors can't save make a film amazing. We saw that with Big Little Lies season two. Still disappointed. Yeah. Still very disappointed. And they should, Euphoria, they put all the energy into Euphoria, though. Yeah. This past year, let's be real. Um, yeah, no, but I yeah, again, but actors are amazing. I heard a lot of critics saying how they love Bill Hader's performance, but honestly, I, I love Bill Hader going back to the SNL days. Like, he's a writer on South Park. He does a lot of great stuff. Barry? It, yeah, Barry. Um, documentary Now. Like he just is in a lot of great stuff, and I could not stand him in this movie. He's like, just kind of a douche. He literally was like a dude that like he reminds me of the cocky guys that served with in the army that just had to like be outspoken and like to say their dumbass opinion all the time. Would you? Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Yeah, no, I agree. He's but like that loud guy at the party. I thought it was funny because, I mean, Bill Hader is so funny. You're used to him throwing out like just random jokes and. This movie when he was acting kind of like himself, I was just like, this is weird. It seemed pretty forced, and the stuff he was saying was not that funny. It seemed like he's funnier outside it, of it. It seemed like this movie was is like a scary movie directed towards children. Yeah, that's what I didn't like because when it comes to Bill Hader, like one of his episodes for uh, Barry almost won an Emmy. 
for his writing and like his acting in it and and then I watch him here or like his stuff from SNL like he, there's funnier stuff for him that when I watched this it just wasn't as good but like James McAvoy's character was amazing and then we love you Bill Hader when you write your own stuff yeah. we love you and like I'm a huge fan of James McAvoy from his time in X-Men to his time in Split and um, Unbreakable and his many other films and he did okay in this and then there's Eddie the the dude who married a guy, I mean, married a woman that um, is pretty much his mom. Ironically, the woman that played his wife actually played his mom in the first film. Yeah, Eddie is the spaz, always has uh, his mom, who, doesn't his mom get corrupted by Pennywise in the first one? I think so. His, uh, he, um, he's a risk assessor, which is really funny because he's like a hypochondriac, but in the, in the book, he was like a lim- he owned a limo company. Like, there's a few things that were different from the book, and I'm not going to be like, oh, it's not the same as the book. Gee whiz. But you are. <laughs> I'm like that with everything, dude. I'm just never happy. Um, then there's Stanley Ur- Uranus, or Uran, who, um, who, he's an accountant and in a very lovely marriage, and he, uh, trigger warning, and, and I, know, I, don't, I don't mean this like in any offensive way, he kills himself. But there's a reason why for it, and we'll get, later, get into that later on in the film. And then there's Bill Skarsgård. Played by Pennywise, and I, I'm gonna be honest. It's just like, it was alright. Like his acting as Pennywise was, it was, it was alright. Like, honestly, I liked it chapter one more than it chapter two. And I remember I've seen this argument where people are trying to compare the Losers Club to the kids in Stranger Things. And I know you've seen a few episodes of Stranger Things. So like, oh, the Losers Club is cooler than that. And I was like, first off, that's sci-fi. This is horror. This is two completely yeah. different genres. But I like Stranger Things more. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I think I'm like into season three now in Stranger Things, and it's way better than this. And and people like and like you can pick a straw. I remember someone was like, "Well, this is two different genres." I'm like it's still a group of kids. I'm like we've had a group of kids TV like ga- like gangs like this like ganging up to fight evil since I don't know all our lives. And but I feel like when it, like, I feel like what Stranger Things got and what it didn't get was I think you see a, like a more cohesive view on like relationships when you see Stranger Things compared to it but it's also kind of hard to compare TV shows yeah. with a movie because the movie they have like two hours to convey a whole message TV show they have ten hours to, to yeah. convey a message but then again there's Stand By Me which is like another uh, another good movie I like and it's also a Stephen King movie and it's about kids on a journey like there's no monsters just, they find a dead body and I'm on the run but I feel like that had better emotion when it came to understanding like how kids act because when I look back to how we acted when we were in like middle school and like high school I'm like that reflects it perfectly and then here I'm just like eh it's whatever then again it's two different genres and so like we'll move on and pretty much Mike calls everyone saying you need to come back um everyone's panicked Richie vomits <laughs> Yeah. Richie puked. And Except Beverly. Beverly's the only one that seemed keen on going. Yeah. And, um, oh yeah, spoiler warning, we're going to spoil the movie. So if you, somehow you haven't seen the movie by now, we've been, at, we've been on hiatus for like two weeks because my life's been chaos for the past two weeks. That's your problem. Um, I think the all gets your problem. <laughs> Except our one listener. Really? Random listener. Our one random listener. Um... And so, you see all of them getting ready, like, so, Richie pukes, Beverly, the thing is, we'll get in later on, like, why Beverly wasn't, she was more, like, 
knowing that no one's going to happen. Bill, they all dip out. And uh, Stanley um, gets into a bathtub and uh, takes his own life, and which is quite shocking. So uh, they all end up back there. And they all meet up at a Chinese restaurant. And they just start eating. Yeah. And they start talking about what's going on. And then... Um, Before we get into that, though, we forgot to establish Ben, which watched the first one. He's the round kid. Very round kid, and you see that he is a future CEO. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there before we went on, because he is one of the main roles. Yeah. One of the more enjoyable roles in the movie. Yeah, he actually like seeing his character development. He he's like he's always has been a good guy, and I've always respected about about him. And um, he ended up handsome. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see how they showed the nice guy. Like, not end up like... Gets, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reaps success instead of finishing last. All of them actually ended up pretty successful. Yeah. No, that's accurate. Yeah. And so, it shows them the China, like the China scene, like the Chinese restaurant scene, and they're, like, talking about it. And pretty much, like, they all start freaking out because it has come back. And they, they're opening up the, the Chinese cookies, and it's, it says, like, something couldn't cut it. And... It's, Beverly opens up hers and it says Stanley couldn't cut it because none of them really know except for uh, Beverly that Stan killed himself because when Beverly looked into the deadlights at the end of the last movie she pretty much saw how all of them were going to die and yeah it's important to know also that they really have no memory of Darrington except or Derry not Darrington because the farther you get from Derry the more you forget Unless you're Mike, who never left Derry. Yeah. So, they all basically seem like strangers, even though they were childhood friends. Yeah, so, that occurs. It's like, I don't know, it's like when I moved out of my house, I just forgot all those memories in there. No. (laughs) No. It's so distant in the past, all your 25 years of memories in the house. 25 years, like... Minus, like, the years I was at college in the military. Just... Yeah, you moved a total of, like, six miles away. <laughs> yeah. It's fading. I didn't... It's like, I, I moved... I didn't even leave the city. Just a different basement. And so, everyone pretty much bails out. Like, well, first off, there's just, like... It's... It, they have a weird, like, sequence where, like, a bunch of creepy things come out of the food. Like, you see an eyeball. Which, um, is a callback to the original movie where... It brings up all, like, there's there was a movie from the 50s, which was about an eyeball with, like, squid arms. And that was, I think, that was Bill's, the thing that be- Bill feared the most. But it's never really brought up. Because um, in the book, it brings up all these little nuances that these kids have. Like, these little things that they're scared of that isn't fully brought up in the t- movie. And I'm not going to be that guy, like, well, this isn't nothing like the book. But it's there's some things ever in the book that I thought were necessary. I thought like, this... I don't know, this franchise could have been so good as, like, a limited TV series. Dude, yeah. Like, um... It would have been amazing. Trying to think of, like... There was a few good miniseries this year that were based off of books, and they were really, really good. Yeah. Well, Mindhunter, that's a pretty good series. We need to get more of those. Honestly, I think miniseries are a, are a thing that people are trying to realize is actually a good concept. Amer- uh, American Crime Story, those are all based off of books, and... I know you just watched the uh, assassination of Gianni Versace. It's good. Super good, based off of a book, and it's a miniseries because they can put so much time and energy into one thing, and that's it. 
And if they had done because that's what oh, the stand was a mini series. There's like a few of Steve, the original it was a mini series actually, and it was okay. Like the, you can only do so much with a thing that was released in the eighties or nineties. You can only do so much with the graphics they had. But like you're saying, it's crazy how much like nuanced information you can't really explain or hit hard from the books when you're producing a two-hour movie. It's really hard, and, like, very few movies have done it well. Like, Lord of the Rings did it okay. Um, yeah, I... Like, the, they were really good with their details. Like, they gave shadow facts, of, like, a bunch of attention. They made sure to mention the mithril armor and steam. Yeah. Like, they hit that so far. And then you saw The Hobbit, which was... <laughs> A train wreck. Yeah, no, don't talk to me about that. I'm just going to get upset now. And so that occurs. You see all these horrible things. One of them was a baby mixed with, like, a spider mixed with a bird head or whatever it was. Like, a bunch of things that creep them out. And then, like, they're destroying the private room. They're in. And then, like, the restaurant lady comes in and is like, you guys okay? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. If, I, if I had done anything close to that, I would have been thrown out. And so as they're walking out, this little boy goes up to Richie and is like, he says something to him and he's like, huh? You want to fight? You want to fight? He's like trying, he's like trying to like size up a little kid, which is, I just thought was funny because he like forgets that like his own jokes and like his own like specials. It's like if my nephew went up to, um, I don't know, Hannibal Burris and said something and Hannibal Burris was about to fight him over a joke that he forgot was there. Yeah, and it just shows how tense the mood is. Like, they forgot, again, a lot of dairy, so they forgot kind of... They were saying they felt super anxious and panicky, but they did not know why. And it's just kind of, I don't know, takes its cap off to showing you how, like, tense they all are. Which is understandable. It's a thing that kills people over 27 years that they didn't kill the first time, and... I remember, so they call, like, they, they walk out the restaurant. Everyone's bailing out of the idea to fight it. And uh, Beverly calls uh, Stanley's wife. And she says, oh, Stanley killed himself before the wife answered it. And um, I don't know if it was Ben who noticed her or Bill who noticed it that she knew already. Because she, like, no one, no one knows right now that she already knows that she says you can see the dead, like, the dead eyes. I mean, the dead lights. So she can see how everyone died. So she already knew that's how Stanley died, and like her, like the predictions came true, and so when everyone dips out, 